All right, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? What's on your Christmas list? And maybe even more importantly, what's on your Christmas shopping list? You know, getting the perfect gift for someone is often quite a challenge. I still remember the year that Marilyn and I traveled all the way to Chicago to find a big bird for Nikki. Uh, we didn't have the advantage of the Internet back in those days. Um, buying the perfect gift is, is a challenge. And now with six grandkids, I generally just let Grandma do it. <laughs> and it's not really that I don't want to. It's just that I'm not very good at it. You know, once I think I have found the absolutely perfect gift, and I get all excited about it, and, and I give it to one of my grandkids, they're always polite, but I can tell that I didn't score a home run. <laughs> so we let Grandma take care of those things. So Christmas is a time of giving and receiving, a time of, of gifts. So what, what is it you really want for Christmas? What would, what would really make you happy? What would really bring you joy this Christmas? You know, in writing to the uh, Philippian church, Paul said there were some things that they could do to make his joy complete. Some things he really wanted from them and things that we might even consider as Paul's Christmas list. It's in chapter 2 of Philippians, the first two verses. If, therefore, there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, United in spirit, intent on one purpose. Apparently the Philippian church, a church that Paul called his joy and crown, apparently there were problems in the church. Not everyone got along. Conflicts and disagreements threatened the unity of the church. And Paul met those situations Head on. In fact, he mentions a couple of women by name in the Bible. How would you like to have your name in the Bible where the apostle is saying, can't you girls get along? Paul wasn't afraid to address the situations. And so he appeals to the church on a, on a very personal basis, and he pleaded with them to make his joy complete by being of the same mind, the same love, the same spirit, and the same purpose. And he told them how they could do it. In fact, he told them where they could go to find each item on his list. And he actually did so in the first verse, in verse 1. You know, a close examination of verses 1 and 2 reveals that each phrase in verse 1 corresponds to a phrase in verse 2. He says, if blank is true, and it is, the Greek structure makes it clear that Paul isn't suggesting that these things might or might not be, but they are in fact so. He says, if blank is true, and it is, then do blank. If there's any encouragement in Christ, and there is, then be of the same mind. If there's any consolation of love, and there is, maintain the same love. If there's any fellowship of the Spirit, and there is, then be united in Spirit. If there's any affection and compassion, and there is, be intent on one purpose. Well, let's take a good look at Paul's list this morning. Realizing that if 
It's what Paul wanted from the church in Philippi. It's most likely what Christ wants from the church in Chatham as well. Let's look at each item. Let's make sure we know what it is and see if we can't go to the same place Paul sent the Philippians and get it as a Christmas gift for our Lord. He begins, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, by being like-minded. It was important to Paul that the Philippians be of the same mind that they think alike. Now, that doesn't mean they all were to dress alike or talk alike or act alike. There is diversity in the body, and we've talked about that before. We're not to be clones of one another. But we are to think alike about the things that are important. We may have different tastes in food or cars or recreation. We may even have different lifestyles. But when we come together, we should be focused on the same thing. We should be on the same page in sync with each other in spite of our differences. The church at Philippi is an example of that. You know, the first converts in Philippi were about as different as you could get. Lydia was an independent, wealthy merchant who liked the finer things of life. The slave girl, she had been demon-possessed, working for men of unscrupulous character as a fortune teller on the streets. The jailer, he was a family man who worked the night shift. I think you can probably relate to that. And he got stressed out to the max. They were different. They were as different as night and day, but something brought them together. Something got them thinking alike. But was it? It was a relationship to Christ. And it is an ongoing relationship with Christ that keeps us thinking alike, desiring the same things, heading in the same direction. Paul said, if there is any encouragement in Christ, be of the same mind. The word he used for encouragement means to be called to one's side, to stand by someone. To be there for someone. I think Paul is saying that if we sense the presence of Christ in our life, if He is there for us, if He is encouraging us to think the right thoughts and make the right decisions, and He's doing the same for our brothers and sisters who are also in Christ, we're going to be like-minded. We'll no doubt still disagree on some things, but conflicts over differences of opinion will fade into the background. We can get along. We can work together. We can be of the same mind if we will just remember who is standing there next to us. And we can be of the same love if we'll listen to him. Paul's second desire for the church is that she maintain the same love. The same love each member received from Christ and the same love they should therefore be able to show to one another. And, of course, he's talking about agape love, the the willed commitment To do whatever needs to be done to meet a brother's need. When we first come to Christ, it's easy enough to to act on agape. As time goes by, we tend to lose that first love. That's why it has to be maintained. It has to be worked on. It has to be renewed regularly. So how do we do it? How do we maintain love in our homes? in our relationships, in our church? How do we maintain love? Where do we go to find what we need 
to keep love for each other alive. Well, in verse 1, Paul spoke of the consolation of love. And the word for consolation means to speak beside, to come close, and to speak to someone tenderly, to console, to comfort with words. If we would maintain love, we first need the love of Christ to console us. We need to listen to His loving and comforting words. And then we need to share them with others. We maintain love by saying loving things to each other. By saying what our brother needs to hear and saying it in a way that he's consoled and comforted and encouraged. We need to be doing that. We need to be saying loving things. If agape love is what we're talking about, it's not just feeling. It's doing. But we also need to express that love openly and freely to each other. By the kind things we say in the home, in the church, and in our associations. We need to be saying loving things to each other. You know, when's, when's the last time you intentionally told your brother that you loved him, that you cared about him, that you were committed to him? When's the last time you came beside your brother and spoke encouraging words to him? You know, I even like those words. Janet made my day a week or two ago. She says, you know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful you still love what you do. I thought it was so cool. You made my day, Janet. <laughs> and that encouraged me. We need to be saying encouraging things to each other. If we'll do, love can be maintained. And it can grow. And it can blossom. When's the last time you consoled a brother or a sister in our church family? If there is any consolation of love, and there certainly ought to be, then speak it, share it, show it. If we'll do so, we will be able to maintain the same love we had at first for Christ and for our brother. That's two things on Paul's list. We're halfway through. Let's go on. Paul said we make his joy complete not only by being of the same mind and the same love, but also by being united in spirit. By being bound together with other believers in the core of our being. Now, apparently not everyone in the church feels that unity. It's something Paul desires for the believers. Something we must seek after. So where do we get this unity of spirit? How do we get it? Well, again, the answer is found by going back to verse 1 and linking together the third phrase of verse 1 to the third phrase of verse 2. He says, if there is any fellowship of the spirit, and there is, make my joy complete by being united in spirit. Now, Notice the translators capitalized the first spirit, but left the second in lowercase. The first refers to the Holy Spirit. The second, our spirit. If we are to be united with each other in our spirit, we must fellowship together in the spirit. Now, I do realize there are a lot of diverse opinions on how we should fellowship in the Spirit. Some would make that fellowship a very emotional, highly charged experience. Others sense the Spirit as a still, small voice within that gives assurance and direction and speaks primarily through the written Word. 
Some stress the gifts of the Spirit and others the fruit of the Spirit. And that's okay. As long as we all recognize that it's the same Spirit that indwells all believers. It's the Spirit that makes us one. And when we sing, when we pray, when we study the Word together, we are doing so in the fellowship of the Spirit. And as we fellowship in the Spirit, we become united in Spirit. The last thing on Paul's list is a desire that we be of the same purpose. Make my joy complete, he says, by being intent on one purpose. And what is that purpose? He doesn't say. But I think we're safe to assume it's sharing the gospel with others. That is our task. That's the commission we've been given. We all know that. And we intend to do it. But sometimes we lose that sense of urgency that we once had in evangelism. How do we get it back? How do we once again become intent on one purpose? Again, the answer is in verse 1. If any affection and compassion be intent on one purpose. You're going to like this, Tina. I know you're a fan of King James. The King James puts it this way. If any bowels and mercies. Hmm, that sounds medical, doesn't it? Yes, yes. Well, you know, the ancients thought that the intestines were the seat of emotion. No doubt because we feel emotion in the pit of our stomach more than any place else. And uh, physiologically, we are no more accurate than they were when we speak of the heart as being our emotional center. But be that as it may, what Paul is saying is if we feel anything for others... If we have compassion for the lost, we will be intent on sharing the gospel with them. You know, it's so easy to forget that those who die without Christ are lost. They're condemned to an eternity cut off from God and His love and His people. We need to think about that. We need to let it hit us in the pit of our stomach. We need to be stirred emotionally about a world that's going to hell. And then get intent on doing something about it. Talk to your friends about Jesus. We've, we've been dealing with this for the past few weeks. Say something. Answer questions. Explain who you are and why you are what you are. Talk to them about your faith. Talk to them about Jesus. What an opportunity. This is the season of Jesus. You know, we don't have to say we're getting into Christmas wars or anything else. Just talk about him. Just talk about him. And invite people to church. That seems kind of mundane, and everyone ought to understand that. But, you know, most people come to church because they've been invited by a friend. You know, some churches spend lots of bucks promoting themselves through the media. But the most effective way to get someone in church is for someone to say, Would you come with me? Or would you come to my church? Or, I love my church. You ought to come check it out. When's the last time you had enough nerve to just say that to someone? Not get it into a big theological discussion, just saying, I love my church. I wish you'd come. It's okay. Say that. 
And have an urgency about inviting people, especially those you know are not in the fellowship, obviously, of a group of believers and who don't know Jesus and who don't share the hope we have in Jesus. We need to be intent on that purpose. And then we need to give. (laughs) We need to keep giving so we can reach out. Our missions program, as you saw, is, 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 is amazing. For a church our size, we do some amazing things, and God has blessed us because of that. Pray that we continue, and that God opens up doors for us to enter. You know, whenever we've been in a position where we had extra money, God always found a way to spend it. When we got this church building paid for years ago, it was just in a matter of months we discovered the need that that there was in, in, in Rose and Theo's life as they were teaching down in St. Vincent. They were at the point of being, being uh, what's the word, kicked out of, of the country because they didn't have enough money. And we said, my goodness, here's a chance for us to do something. And they've been our missionaries now for, what, 30 years, 35, I don't lose track of time. Who knows what God has in store for us? as we keep those coffers filled and we're able to meet needs. How exciting is that? There's an urgency out there and we can meet it. I'm thankful for that. Let's get intent. Let's stay intent on one purpose. If we'll do so, we'll not only be doing that which would have made Paul's joy complete, will be bringing joy to the world. And in doing so, we'll bring joy to our Lord as well. So let's give Christ what we know He wants for Christmas. Let's be of the same mind, the same love, the same spirit, and the same purpose. Let's make His joy complete. And let's bring joy to the world. We do them both the same way. Let's stand.